1: Welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler Podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the Budget-Minded Traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Episode 6 of the Budget-Minded Traveler Podcast today. It's a beautiful sunny day down here in southern Baja, and I'm really excited to be bringing you this episode today because it's my second interview with a fellow traveler, and I think you'll really enjoy what he has to say. If you've ever had questions about how to afford long-term travel, you'll be especially interested in the good stuff we are getting into today. And The rock star traveler behind this interview is Neil Brown and um, Neil is originally from the UK but has been traveling for almost two years exactly now and he certainly has a lot to share about his perspective of world travel and how he manages his budget and finds ways to make money while he's on the road so that he can continue this new lifestyle. And the conversation that you're about to hear is one of those that really could have gone on for hours. But for your sake, I tried to keep it close to 30 minutes. And one little housekeeping issue, we did have a bit of trouble with our connection in some spots. So you may miss a word or two, but that's because he was sitting in his camper van in New Zealand, and I'm working with limited internet from the beach in Mexico, so such is the reality of traveling. So we did the best we could with Skype and he did the best he could with trying to make his British accent as understandable as possible. (laughs) All right. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Neil Brown and welcome him to the podcast. Neil, hello. How are you today? Thank you for being here.
0: I'm Good, thanks. Yeah, feeling feeling welcomed. I'm just sitting here uh, in a public car park, <laughs> uh, just looking at Lake Wanaka in New Zealand.
1: That's awesome. And what time is it there?
0: It's uh, seven minutes past three exactly. Um, in the in the daytime, of course.
1: Three p.m. So yeah, and I'm actually sitting down in um. Baja Mexico right now and it's 9 p.m. here and we on Saturday so we have quite the time difference between us but I'm glad we were able to work it out thanks so much for agreeing to come on the show with me
0: not a problem uh, it's, it's nice to be nice to be had yeah. um so yeah I feel, feel free to ask away
1: okay great um so let's see I know that you are now you've been traveling throughout um, New Zealand, bits of Southeast Asia, Australia, correct? For how long now? That's correct.
0: Um, I think it's just coming up to 24 months, 23 and a half maybe. You sort of lose count after a while and you tend to just life pack instead of, instead of backpacking, I suppose. you know It tends to just become one one long, long trip rather than you know consecutive countries. So yeah, I think 20, 23 months.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Since you have been traveling almost two years now, I guess that's when you start to stop counting the days and weeks and months. And you haven't been home at all?
0: Uh no I haven't. Economically, uh, sort of economically kinda of doesn't make sense at the at the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. You're always on this sort of perpetual um perpetual uh sine wave of a bank balance in terms of in terms of a graph form, you know, it, it goes up and down and up and down and up and down. it's all the money that you earn that debt have you spent and and um to to fly home and then back out to, to complete the visa uh which I have would cost me about three thousand. Uh, Kiwi dollars and three thousand Kiwi dollars is about the extent of um, my bank account at any any one uh, sort of one sort of time, you know. So it yeah. makes no sense if I'm going to go home. It, to me, budget wise, it, it would it would sort of make more sense to save twice as much and then travel home, see see a few countries on the way, you know. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I, it doesn't mean that I don't miss my my friends and family, but I'm, I'm having too much of a, a good time right now to to um to sort of think about going home, so.
1: I love that. I love that it's actually cheaper for you to stay traveling than it is to go home. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be course, interesting for yeah. a lot of the listeners to hear. I think once we get into that.
0: Yeah, it's not as scary as it sounds. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I, I agree. So, what what made you decide to leave and travel long term in the first place?
0: Um, it was it was one of those things where it was kind of forced upon me in terms of um such a mental state at the time. I, I sort of went through a bit of a, uh, a breakup with a bit of girls with for uh, for a good a good eight years. It ended better for her than it ended for me, and um and I sort of had some money in the bank and and did a bit more saving for six months, and then decided the best way to sort of to get over over that was to go and sort of like in a cliche sense find find myself, you know. Absolutely. And, um, and it, it, yeah, and and that sort of. I suppose a lot of a lot of people. Well, I say I don't say I suppose. You actually meet a lot of people we, we refer to as kind of trauma travelers who have a have an issue here or there with um, with 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 partners or with um, family members who passed away, and, and find that they don't feel like they really have anything else, so they they, they go out to to find those things, you know.
1: Yeah, or they're um, just ready yeah, for and something. I, I'd, yeah,
0: I'd like to impress on people to I'd like to impress on people the fact that it, that that sort of helps a huge amount, you know. Um, and, to, and, if you, and if you're in that position, then just go for it. The hardest bit really is getting on a plane, you know?
1: Yeah, After absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I've, I've multiple times have up and left in search of new adventure, new life. And, you know, you grow every time. You learn more about yourself every time and, and the world around you. And it's just, it's an unending sort of thing. It just becomes well, it. It's a very,
0: It's a very intrinsic thing. And I think a lot of people see travel or travel or, um or all those sort of things has been a very um a very sort of big learning curve and, and it is you know and you do learn a lot about yourself and and um and you learn a lot about other people as well you know and that's 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 how i've learned about myself more is through other people you know you see a lot of yourself and other people and, and not so much the way you are now but the way you, the way you were you know so but not to get too sort of existential about those things but that's a that's you know the personal thing so.
1: Yeah, but I mean that's it's there's something there I think in in a lot of traveler stories, so it's it's definitely relevant. So, sure. did you when when you left originally? Did you realize you were going to be gone for this long? How how long had you planned on leaving for?
0: I so uh, well y- you get visas, um, and my visas when I left England extended to about fifteen months of travel, I would say, um, and then my my mental sort of my mental state said. You're not going to come back after that, but who knows where you're going to go after that? Is is, is what what I was telling myself. So mm-hmm. I, I have an open ended trip, I, a very open ended trip. I can see myself traveling for another at least another two years uh, before I go before I go home. Um, but even after that, you know, if I'm still doing what I want to do and what makes me happy, then there's no no real reason for me to give up give up the lifestyle, you know. Absolutely. Once a traveler, always a traveler, as they say, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's such a great feeling to decide to do that and to be able to just kind of go where the wind takes you. It's an it's an incredibly freeing feeling.
0: Well, we all we all do we all have that capability, you know. A lot of friends over the last two years have met with me and oh, I see your photographs, I see what you're doing and and I, I wish I could do that and I'm like and my, my response has always been without sounding too sort of gung-ho about it is you can. You know, like, yeah. everybody can, you know, a, a mortgage and a mortgage and a car and a job and, and nothing to tie you down from, you know, you can get those you can get rid of those things. In fact, you know, I think the, the direct translation of mortgage in French is death contract. You know, <laughs>
1: oh, um, my which gosh. I always find funny. The only, oh, thing, yeah. the only
0: thing that you really does tie you down is, is another human being on your hands. You know, so, you know, um, so, someone you're in love with or, or a child. You know, those two things. Yeah, you, you, you don't have to be so self centred about going travelling. But if you've got a car and a house, you know, they're material things. You don't really even. I live in a van. <laughs> I've been living in a van for seven months. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need it. You don't need a car or a house. But ironically,
1: I have both at the moment, so. Well, I I completely agree with you. I mean, I really like to keep my, you know, possessions, belongings, everything to a minimum. And there was a lot of years where I was just up and go, you know, throw everything in storage. I mean, having all that stuff to me is is just not as, as important as seeing the you know the world often and i mean mm-hmm. i talked i talked before in episode two of this podcast about priorities you know and, and that's really what it comes down to for me for you for a lot of people out there priority is just to travel and um you know we want to encourage other.
0: People you do travel people have their own yeah they have their own priorities sorry don't upset no um, that's okay people do have their own priorities i mean i know a lot of people who, who travel with things that I, I look at and go god i, I couldn't travel with those but I'm a, I'm a professional musician and, and I travel around with my guitar and and it's, it's a lot of times I travel and make money and um, and I, I I've got a sort of cumbersome guitar to carry around with but you know I still see people with like hair straighteners and hair dryers and things like that and, and, I, and I think that's not what I want to travel with but I travel is travel as a personal thing you know and if, if those things are important to you and, and they and they mean that you're going to be comfortable with what you do and then you know you, you can disregard a lot of things that you don't really need in life but um but but take take things that, that are important to you, you know, I don't travel with any photographs or anything like that, you know I, I haven't got a laptop or, or things like that, but there are times when I wish I do have, I wish I did have them, um, but you don't in my mind, I don't need those things, but everybody has their own personal way of traveling, that's what I'm trying to impress with that, other higgly higgledy, higgledy pickly sentence there. Yeah,
1: no, I, I get it, and for example, if you have, if you do have children, you can still travel with them, you know, just bring them with you, um, there's, a, there's a lot of things yeah, just you can Yeah,
0: just don't take just them just take on a 24-hour it. bus ride for me... <laughs>
1: Yeah, unless you're the only ones on the bus. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to uh there's some questions I wanted to ask you. Um, did you how much money did you save before you left? I mean, did did you have did you have a travel saving like a, a budget, you know, for this or did you just kind of up and go?
0: I'd like to um I'd like to at this point personally thank the British government because um through a lot of my student loans, I managed to save rather than um frivolously spend on things i didn't need and um I'd actually accrued quite a bit from my student loans now I wouldn't say a huge amount, but a couple of thousand English is actually quite a lot um then after that I took six months to 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 work every job I could pretty much to to make cash and 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 actually apart from my um apart from my guitar equipment back in england to just to just fund it but one thing I learned later on in my travels is um money is Money when you leave, having a travel fund is is, is quite an um, archaic way of, of traveling, you know. The, I think the best way is to save just a tiny, tiny amount to get you on your feet in whichever country you are at. Um, buy a visa and your plane ticket out there and then worry about money when you get there because there's something about having no money or having a small amount of money um, which is, you know, quite freeing, you know you you get to a country and you have no the money then you have to get a job. You have to take whatever's put in front of you. You don't you know you don't think I want a bar job or I want a restaurant job or I'd like to work on the boats or if you have nothing you sort of take you take the first thing that comes to you and and that's that's the true adventure, you know?
1: Absolutely it, it makes sense you... that
0: I've I've worked I've worked bar jobs but I say for example Wanaka here, nowhere no one's because it's before before ski season. Um so I've had to just take whatever comes and that happens to be um gigs and bars, music you know, which is nice. Um, So I'd say, in terms of saving money, it's not not as important as many travellers would imagine. Having no money is not an excuse not to travel. Having a plane ticket and a visa are the two most important things. After that, you will find something. You will definitely find something. I've met, in fact, the the last town I was in, there was was a, a doctor... Uh, washing pans in the bar I was in. Like, you know, he, I think it's from Argentina or Chile or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then him and his girlfriend were just were just loving their lives and, and he was washing pans but he's probably the most educated person in the entire entire bar, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And he's making it work. It definitely makes you resourceful, you know, when you... When you...
0: It's very resourceful, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I love that you said that. I mean, when we a few years ago when my he's now my husband. He was just my boyfriend then, but when Nate and I moved to Congratulations. It thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um when Nate and I moved you got to one. <laughs> Yeah, I got one. Um to Italy, we I had probably $4,000 in my bank account and we did it was an open-ended trip as well. And I thought that was a lot. I mean, that included I think we had already gotten our one our one, what'd you say? That's
0: a, that's a lot of pizzas.
1: Oh, and trust me, oh, we ate a lot of pizzas. Oh my gosh, Italian food. Um, but yeah, what I was going to say was we, we found work once we got over there, you know, and, and we made it work and we didn't necessarily break even when we came home. We were definitely broke, but we, we made sure we had enough money for that flight home because our, our trip only lasted about six months that time. Um, we we didn't really know how long it was going to last. So that was, you know, unplanned, um, but we knew we were going to go home and the important thing is having enough money to foot the bill for that plane ticket home, you know, but you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, once you're there, you can figure out how to make it work and wherever there is and wherever there becomes tomorrow, you know, I mean, it can change, but you're still going to get creative about how, how you can be on a budget. And I love that you said that.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. those' um, are very resourceful people, you know,
1: yeah exactly you'd be surprised too for for the listeners out there who doubt themselves there's a lot that's available and i mean i mean how how, so for example we found um our first job in rome when we moved to italy from craigslist because they have craigslist worldwide um and you usually and the thing is i was just i was just gonna say you usually play music is that right or have you done more traditional jobs how have you found the jobs that you've had
0: um, you know when you when you backpack you, you, you become part of this sort of like strange uh, strange sort of uh, ever changing community around yourself um, you can have a friend one day and then not have this, not have that same friend the next day but but through social media and through um the way we 're globally connected at the moment um backpacking has changed It's changed a lot I imagine and you network. You just network very hard. You know, mm-hmm. every single person you meet is a potential for a new adventure. You know, and, and I don't mean to sound—I don't mean to sound sort of, um, sort of cheesy with that. But it is. It's entirely that. You know, if I—I I knew when I was driving into Wanaka uh, three or four days ago, I had a friend to get a campsite with who'd already sort of left sort out of the town and told me there's no chance of employment. Mm-hmm. But then I had other friends from from eight to ten months ago who who said, "Yeah, you need to try this place out or that place." Or, "Yeah, I manage this place. There might be a job washing pans for you." You know. You don't have to have one job, um, right? And and this is what one thing I was going to say before when I when I also when I almost uh, rudely interrupted you was, was that a, a job isn't what a job is at home when you're traveling. Um, to, to put it this way, uh, you 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 take what you can get, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Washing pots and pans isn't isn't a bad thing when you're a backpacker because. Everything is sort of an adventure, you know. It's not your career. It's not your path in life. It's not your vocation. Right. You know, you're making $30, and that's going you know, to get you in the bar after work, and then you're going to meet somebody who's going to say, hey, you know, I heard you're a musician. You know, do you want to play at my uh, play at my uh, my bar next week, or do you want to come and hang out at my friend's house, and he might have a a job for you in another town. You take what you can get, because it's the it's, the, it's a stepping stone on the next thing, you know. For example, a perfect example of this is when I lived in... Um, in Brisbane, I lived with two girls and one of them worked on the, the lifts for a ski season in New Zealand. And she said to me, um, I can hook you up with a job working uh, working on the ski season. And I said, great, got my kiwi visa. I ended up three or four months later standing on the top of an active volcano, you know.
1: There you go. Mm-hmm. And I'm going
0: to do that again in three months' time.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great example. And you hit on a really good point there that networking and speaking with other travelers. I mean, that's gold. That's gold. When you're, when you're traveling, that's where you get the best information is just talking with other people mm. who've been there, done that. I mean, that's what you do your whole route, you know, the along your whole time that you're gone traveling, you're constantly meeting new people. You never know who you're going to meet or who they can connect you with or or what the opportunities are going to be around the next corner. So that's definitely a good exactly. A good point. And the
0: world becomes a much smaller place when you backpack, much much smaller. For example, like when you when I started, I know a lot of I know a lot of people I met who said, "Oh yeah, when I get to Australia, this is when I was in Asia. When I get to Australia, I've got family friends who are going to sort me out with a job or a place to stay and help me get my um, tax number and phone number and all those things." Well, I did not really have those things to say. Not really, hadn't I, I? Didn't have them at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have got friends and family ra- around the world, but well, my family is sort of centralized in. In the UK, so I didn't have that, and and, um, and so networking while I was in Southeast Asia was important to to um, to sort of help me out when I got there. It's, it's not, it wasn't sort of scary, but you didn't feel sort of very um very very small on a big on a big continent like um, uh, Australia is, you know. And just to just to have a fixed address to get a tax number sent to is is the first problem you you'll ever meet in a in a in a new country where you've got a working visa. And if, if I hadn't networked to Malaysia and met met an Australian friend. I wouldn't have even had that. So you know, those these sort of little things that, you know, you take, you take day by day. Um, yep. they're, they're not problems you have at home, you know, because you know people, but to know, to, to only know one person in Australia was enough for me to get, to get started. And that's, that's all you really need.
1: Yeah. And that, and it happened for you. It worked out. And you were somewhere in Malaysia, you said, when that happened, right?
0: Yeah. Things, but that's the thing. Things always work out. Yep. Um, it's one. It's one thing that you know. You lose that little bit of social anxiety that everybody has. Like, what if? What if? What if? What if? You're always asking yourself that question. What if this happens? What if it happens? Well. In Australia and New Zealand, they have a, they have a phrase which is um, she, she'll be right, which means she she will be all right. Obviously, um, without a dodgy accent. And and you sort of take that you take that with you because everything does tend to to end up okay. You know, a friend of mine has a theory that you can solve any problem with with a uh, sleep or a cup of tea you know and with those two things you wake up and you just get back get back on on the horse and you try again you know you might have you might not have a job you might uh you might not know where you're going next you, you might sort of like you might have sort of wasted a lot of money you know on a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment and you sleep you wake up should be all right and then it always sort of works out for some reason
1: yeah i love you are like embodying what i what i believe in i love it i love this conversation right now it's so good <laughs>
0: You make me blush.
1: Oh, okay. We'll move on. Um, so, just some fun questions because I have to ask you. So, how many countries have you been to on this trip so far?
0: On this trip, so uh, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Malaysia, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand. That's uh, that's uh, that's the extent so far. They're fairly common backpacking countries. I, I, I'm hoping to sort of step out of that, but mm-hmm. um. New Zealand New and Zealand, Australia are very easy to travel in once you've been through Southeast Asia. Um, not that Southeast Asia was particularly hard, but I'd like to go and do sort of Eastern Bloc Europe, and I'd like to definitely do South America, put myself out of my comfort zone again, because New Zealand, to an extent, has a lot of parallels with, with the UK, obviously, being Commonwealth. And if you took the sort of Maori away, you, you'd, you'd kind of be left with, you know, a more spectacular uh, Version of, of England, so I, I feel I feel very comfortable right now, which isn't a good feeling for for me personally. I'd like to I like to feel that heartbeat of not knowing, not knowing what I'm really saying in language or what I'm eating or who I'm talking to or what's going to happen.
1: Yep, and so, I mean South America is difficult too. It's it's huge. I mean, I guess. South Southeast Asia is pretty easy to travel through. At least that's how I found it. Um, and places like Europe and Central America, you know, they're so close together. It's really easy to to travel through those places. But but somewhere like South America, that's 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 going to present challenges in a lot of ways, especially if you don't speak the language. And um, I think when when well, I already
0: you... know how to order a, order a beer in a few Latin languages, so I'm sure I'm going to get along okay.
1: Oh, that's good. That's what you need to know, right? <laughs> And when do you play? Yeah,
0: well, that's the that's the key to networking.
1: Yeah, well, for you especially, if you're going to be playing in bars and such, do you have any idea when you're going to be going? When you're going to be heading over there?
0: No, but um, but I I certainly will do. My 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 general sort of plan, and they say backpackers have this. They love to have this. Um, they have this hive mind of 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 opinions, and one of them is, oh yeah, best plans, no plan. I find that to be, you know. That's backpacker stuff. You. you know, everybody has these um, these buzzwords and phrases like living the dream or YOLO and those things. But for me, for me, that's, that's rubbish. Everybody does have a plan. The, the plan, the plan's always in flux and it's always due to change. But my plan is to Japan after New Zealand in a year's time, then um, jump across to to China, work my way through Mongolia, do the Trans Siberian to the Russia, then then pop home just just to say hello and for a cup of tea and then. And then hopefully I'll be doing a Canadian visa by a by a van to drive the West Coast to the US, end up in Mexico, and then and then see South America. So it could be a good few years, yeah.
1: Wow, I love that plan. When you uh, make it to the West yeah, Coast, you'll have to you'll have to stop through Montana, come say hi.
0: For sure, yeah, I'll do that. There you go. There's how to network.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so this question I know you've heard a million times, we all have, but it's what everybody wants to hear. What has been your favorite places that you've been on this trip?
0: The world, man. The world's my favorite place. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's a bit disingenuous to say to say of any any particular country that was your favorite. I have, I have so many g- g- great experiences from all of them, and to some extent, when, when a place isn't isn't what you regard as, as being good, it, it kind of makes things better, you know, because you, you actually when things are. Uh, it sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, but when things are bad, they're actually better because you learn more about a place. Everybody yep. knows what's good. Everybody knows what they like. Everybody knows they like that sweet, sugary drink. Everybody knows that, they you know, they like sitting on a beach looking at a sunset or a sunrise. But when, when you find somewhere that you don't like, I always find it very interesting to stay there longer than I really should um, hmm. because cause you're going to learn a lot more about, about yourself by staying somewhere. You, you learn about your dislikes, and through that, you learn about your, your likes, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that makes sense. It, it, it kind of sounds a bit sort of um, it kind of sounds a bit backwards. But maybe maybe if if you have travelled or or you are going to travel, you you are, you like to learn that lesson or you won't. Um, if you don't like a place, stay there is what
1: I'm saying. Well, yeah. And actually there's something to be said about that. I mean, you, you keep bringing up the word learn and I I say that a lot too, you know, like you learn a lot about yourself when you're traveling and those experiences that you have, even if, if you run into a bad situation and you have to work yourself out of it, you gain so much from that, at least in my experience I have. And those have been some of my greatest travel stories, you know, was when, you know, I mean, I've had my highest highs and my lowest lows when I've been out you know, by myself in the world, traveling somewhere and get going through these situations that you can't plan in advance. And I mean, every day is an adventure, and you just have to, you know, make the most of it. So,
0: yeah, for sure, and, and for sure, every day is an adventure when when you're when you're sort of fish out of water. You, you know, uh, I've worked in I've worked in bars long enough tra- traveling to know that you know you, you're instantly you're instantly something different. You're instantly something exotic just just because you happen to have a different accent and you come from a different part of the world, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that itself, that in itself, is an, even if it's not an adventure, for you, you know, if it's just another day at work, you, um, you're somebody else's adventure as well, you know, you can, exactly. people can sit there and talk to hours from you at a bar, you know, it, it, and, and just asking about, you know, what we're doing now. We're just having a conversation about what's happened in the last few years. And for me, it's, for me, it's kind of, it's become kind of benign and, and you forget how sort of lucky and, you are and how much an awesome time you're having sometimes when you're just locked down in a small ski town working for four months um, and you forget that because it's become pretty much your life day to day traveling that you forget what you're doing is is pretty pretty awesome you know and uh, you need to slap yourself sometimes and say sometimes it just takes a 10 15 minute conversation with somebody who's who's just like who's sort of bleary eyed and mouth open all your stories to, to realize that you, you're continuing to do something very special even if it's just an interesting thing you know.
1: Yeah, it can be really refreshing to meet people like that and talk about talk about that and realize that, you know, you are in a place that a lot of people wish they could be in and being thankful for that I guess all the time and, and you know, getting getting the most out of it. For
0: sure, yeah. I mean my day to day life has been I've been living in a van up in the very far north of um of New Zealand, where, where sort of the highest Maori population is, and and where the, the Treaty um, of Waitangi was signed in uh, eighteen fourteen to, to sort of um, to sort of uh, cement New Zealand as part of as part of the Commonwealth, and um, and just to say you've lived in a van for seven months, not that it was a, it was a real challenge or anything, but people sort of go, no, you, you sort of lived in a van for seven months, it's like. You kind of forget how weird that is. You know, I've just got my little my little world of my own here in this yeah. metal box, and I, sometimes I feel like a snail. But um, you kind of you just kind of forget how how much of a non a non standard thing that is for for any human being in society. But when you backpack, you've sort of stepped out of society, or selected to step out of society for a while.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good so. point too. It's on my bucket list to buy a van and explore New Zealand. Actually, so you're you're doing it right now. I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm having a great
1: time. And I actually wanted to talk a little bit about your van. Um, how did you get it? What was the driving force behind that? How did you decide to go ahead and buy the van? Well, Is it just easy or
0: let's let's call him by his name ron we're gonna go with ron. ron. um <laughs> okay he's a, he's a bit of an old man he's from 1994. that's when he was born um the Mitsubishi l300 uh conversion and it converted by a good friend of mine um mr Mister nick noodle um he's from the south coast of england a bit of a, a bit of a surf at uh, surf and down uh, windsurf fanatic and he converted for him and his girlfriend to travel around him but well, he's about you know he's about six foot seven six foot eight or something crazy like that and he did something bigger and uh I mentioned to him one day when I was when I was working on a mountain, with um I think maybe in the middle of a blizzard. It's quite a romantic story. Yeah, we were in the middle of a blizzard and um and I mentioned to him that I was considering buying a van. and He mentioned that he was considering selling a van. So I said right. I said how much? And he said uh, four thousand. I said right, that sounds steep. But you know, if you tell me it's going to run, uh, let's have a look at it. He brought it around one night and and um God, this is a terribly boring story for your listeners. But yeah, so I bought the van off him anyway. <laughs> and I've been slowly, um, I've been slowly um, doing it up, and I, I've got a, a little solar panel in the front to make it more eco-friendly. Uh, that's right, that's right, girls, it's eco-friendly. Um,
1: nice. Uh, nice. And a spare
0: battery in the back, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's. I would say it's fairly comfortable. What I, what I really mean is it's, ex- it's extraordinarily comfortable. Um,
1: and that's it's not great to be... have your
0: house with you wherever you go.
1: Yeah, exactly, and, and then you're not paying for lodging either. So it's it's better for the budget, right? Well, you would
0: think so. You would think so. I mean, this is this is the problem. This is the sort of um, post post sixty post Jack Kerouac sort of uh, sort of uh, idea that we have as travellers is that you can do that. You can just go and buy a van and just pull it by the side of the road, and and uh, you, you and you know, you and your friend can just sleep in it and then worry about showers later. It's not it's not entirely like that. I'd, I'd love I'd love to say it is. Um, but here's the deal with here's the deal with um, the way the sort of world's run and bureaucracy and all those sort of things. They've legislated against the dream. You, you can't really do that. Um, you, you do have to pay for places because they've got mm. these signs everywhere saying no countervans, You know, um, it, 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 it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sore subject for me because I've always been a big fan of '60s camper You know, on the road and, and those sort of things. But you can't you just can't do that. Um, it, it's unfortunate um you've got to kind of and, and you can't do that on on two levels because you can't do it legally but you can't do it in the sense that at the moment i'm traveling on my own um and if i'm going to meet people or, or continue to network or, or sort of um or sort of have have fun with other travelers you do kind of have to stay in hostels now and again you know yeah because um, you, you know everybody gets lonely just, it doesn't matter who you are mm-hmm. um and, and and generally, you know, the best kind of hostels run by run by the best kind of people will let you pull over for ten, fifteen dollars a night and have a shower in the kitchen and meet people, hang out, drink and have fun, and all the normal things you would do. But then you can just sleep in your van, right. of, of which you intended to. But a lot of places, a lot of places, it's all it's all become about the money. That this, like I say, they've legislated against the dream a little bit. Hmm.
1: I, I am a little disappointed to hear that because you know that that's kind of a it's kind of a bust to the, to the budget. I mean, it just, um, you know, buying your own van and then still having to pay for stuff like that is kind of, it's kind of a bummer, but at the same time, um, I agree that networking is really important and you do get, you do get lonely and being with people is, um, you know, obviously the answer to that. And, and like we were saying before, you never know who you're going to meet and you definitely want to put yourself into situations where you're going to be open to that. And so I guess it can be, it can be a good thing too.
0: Well, oh, yeah, and through, and through sort of networking. I mean, your networking skills um, exponentially increase w- while you travel.
1: Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Say for
0: example, at the moment, I'm I'm staying. I'm just staying with a friend. I'm parked on there. I'm parked on their lawn, and um, they haven't told me to get off the shotgun yet. So I'm going to continue to do that while I while I make a little bit of cash to move on. So <laughs> yeah. thanks thanks to uh, thanks to Dell for that.
1: That's a good plan. Yeah. So okay, we need to wrap it up a little bit here because we've been going on half an hour already. But I have um. One last question for you that I think, in a way, you've, you've spoken to a lot already, but what advice would you give someone considering long-term travel who might doubt that they could afford it? What, what would yeah, you say I to previously
0: them? Mentioned about, I previously mentioned about not, not really having a budget. Um, you, you, need to, you do need to save a little bit as what I call a contingency budget so this is how i personally i think this is this is kind of what the podcast was about um my budget i don't have one as such but i do have what you call a contingency budget i'll only get to about a thousand a thousand dollars before i before i start looking for a job and that gives you enough that gives you enough money and enough um, time to prepare yourself for where you want to want to work you know a lot of people find themselves in a in a position where they're stuck in a town they didn't initially want to be in because they got down to the last $30 and spent it on a pizza, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You do have to be sensible. It's not about going... It's not about leaving home and and not not considering what you're doing. I think that's a very romantic, um, naive way to look at uh, travel. You are out here on your own, or generally on your own, and um, you do need to be sensible to some extent. Um, Obviously, taking risks is part of the fun, but I'd say, um, say... as I said before, a, a visa and a plane ticket and a little bit of contingency budget are enough to get you going. You don't need to. Um, you don't need to be a millionaire to travel. You know, in fact, um, in fact, I very rarely have a lot of money. You know, um, but it's what you do with it that's the most important thing. Um, I, I spend everything. I spend absolutely everything, um, but but I gain absolutely everything as well. To, to, to put it that way, which, yeah. is, which is obvious. Um, So, so don't, don't, please, please don't, don't worry so much about having a lot of money when you leave home. Buy a plane ticket because that's the hardest part. Mm -hmm. The hardest part is just getting on the plane, you know. Everything else should be right.
1: Yeah. I mean, leaving everything behind tends, tends to be the biggest step. And then once you get going, everything just starts, you know, making sense and everything works. And actually you mentioned the, the contingency buzz, the budget. I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying that, but we do that, um, at home too, basically like there's, there's just kind of a minimum line that when we get there, it's like, okay, you know, we really need to make some more money before we travel again. And it's time to buckle down and start, you know, cutting off our extra spending, um, and that way we can build that back up, and then we're free to take another trip. Um, I think, that's yeah, for sure.
0: Kind I mean, of what I, you're talking about. I got thinking about budget when when you asked me to do the to do this sort of um, interview, and and I, and I, and, I, and I sort of sat down and realized that my, my budget's kind of it's quite different to a lot of backpackers, is in the sense that I see I don't skimp on food and drink. A lot of backpackers live on noodles and and very cheap boxed wine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, for me, that kind of defeats my my, my personal um, ethos when I travel. It, and that's you, you do experience a country through through its most common things, not its most outrageous things. Like a lot of people in in New Zealand here are jumping out of planes or off bridges or you know those sort of things. But that's that's not New Zealand, you know. New Zealand's through its food and and, and drink and. For example if you think of italy the, the thing that most people think of unless they've been is is pizza and pasta and mm-hmm. uh and grappa and limoncello and, and things like that so f- so for me i don't skim on food and drink that is a huge part of my budget and, I, and i'll literally spend on it but i will sort of um i will sort of um uh cut back on other things to, to keep that up so but that's my that's my thing that's my thing and um and i'd never sort of tell anybody to travel to travel on that budget if it's not for them because each each person's travel experience is, is of their own you know
1: yeah no i think that's a really good point because i mean everybody's going to have their thing and, and i r- also really enjoy food but there is an extent to where i refuse to pay too much like at a nice you know restaurant i don't really go to nice restaurants but i love finding hole-in-the-wall places and food is a huge part of culture and so i agree yeah, with oh, you, you don't have that. to
0: spend a lot of money on 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 on, a, on one particular meal you know but 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 if I if I if I have three interesting meals a day, I, I won't mind that being part of my um part of my travel budget. And f- for example, just last night, seventy dollars are spent on cocktails, which would make most backpackers um backpackers blush and or pass out, you know, in terms of their budget. But for, for me, I I I'm sort of um I'm sort of on a big learning curve in terms of learning cocktails to, to open my own venue at some point, point. in like hopefully hmm. for me, try these things around the world is is, is is a, is a huge sort of um, uh, point for me, you know. Each country I go to, if, even if it costs me that much, I'd like to try them and see new techniques and learn and things like that, you know. So it's, so, I, and to go back to go back a little bit, I, what I find sort of irritating much travel preferences on you, you know, oh, you've got to do this, you have to do that. Why did you do this? Why did you spend so much time here? And, and, and they're missing, the, for me, what is the point, and that is it's your travel experience. It, it, you know what? For example, Queenstown here in New Zealand. Every single background is heading to Queenstown for the winter. You know, every time you ask someone, it's Queenstown. But I'd never tell them not to go to Queenstown. You know, I'd never sort of like. And sometimes you feel a bit affronted because they question your entire entire travel travel mentality. You know, and um, and I just say people chill out a little bit. You know, travel on your own thing. You know, and, and let other people do, do theirs because we're all we're all on this conveyor belt together, but we're all taking uh, taking our time. You know.
1: Yeah, That's exactly. One that rant about that, anyway. It's one of the good things about traveling alone too. Is um what I'm what I'm hearing from you you know and you can that you can make it whatever you want it to be um when you are alone or you know if you have just that one person with you it's easier to make it your own and that's that's what everybody's out to do I guess when you're traveling anyway so yeah
0: but well, you're never truly alone when you travel you're always you're always with somebody or surrounded by a few people you know or
1: this you know, is you know, true
0: like my mom said to me like my mom said to me before I left you know you only have a 24 hours away from home and it makes the world a really small place when you think of it that way you know
1: I haven't actually thought about that really before, but you're also, it's 24 hours and it's also an expensive plane ticket, which that could be a different kind of, you know, brick wall in front of that's you. You've got to
0: have your contingency budget.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, I always love to say, you know, you aren't, alone when you travel, even if you go by yourself, you know, I mean, Nate was just asking me today, what do you do when you're alone? You know, talking about a trip I took years ago. And I said, well, I wasn't ever really alone. Yeah. I mean, and on like a a three month trip, I was with people almost all the time. I could count like two days where I actually like actually was by myself and didn't really talk to anybody else. You know, it's like two days out of three Uh, months is, is nothing. So anyway, back to the subject. Thank you so much for this conversation. I think that people are really going to get a lot out of it, and I love the perspective that you've brought to this. And I, th- I think it's really relevant to, to. Thanks very
0: much for having me, and, um, and hopefully, people will understand my accent. I'll try to tone it down. One thing, one thing I deal with a lot when I'm traveling is people not understanding what I'm saying. So,
1: yeah, hopefully they do because you've you've had a lot of good things to say. So, um, well, so if is there you? I know you don't blog, do you? I don't. I have done a
0: few blogs on um on on a friend's um on a friend's website, and maybe I can plug that for her because she's a, she's an aspiring writer and she's very very good, and she's been very kind to me hosting hosting a few of my opinion pieces. Um, I'm not entirely sure of the of the web link, but if you just type into um t- t- to your um to your search engine, traveling Helga. So that's traveling is in the word traveling, as we all do. Um, and Helga, H E L G A, and and her pieces are great. And she's done a lot of their um the South Pacific and a few awesome places that I haven't been to just yet. Um, and my pieces are on there as as as, um, as guest posts, so you can find me Neil Brown, K N E A L E Brown, just like the color. I'm also on Twitter if you want to follow and um and and yeah. It's been nice chatting, so thanks very much,
1: Jackie. Yeah, and on Twitter you are Neil Brown, right? Your name?
0: Yeah, straight up. At Neil Brown.
1: Okay. And it's K-N-E-A-L-E B-R-O-W N. Yeah. For those of you who want to follow Neil sure. on Twitter. So yeah. awesome. Thank you so much. And we will uh we'll see you around. See you in Montana, hey? Yeah. Sounds great. All right. Cool. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon.
0: See you soon. Thanks. Bye.
1: You know, in a way, I hated to end that interview. I feel like he had so much to share and he's so good at capturing experiences and feelings in words. I might just have to have him on again someday to let us know how his travels are progressing and what else he's learned as he's traveled more and more of the world. Anyway, I'm hoping that you find Neil's advice and input as inspiring and encouraging as I do. He made a lot of good points and didn't put a lot of, extra foo-foo stuff into making long-term travel a lifestyle. He simply made it a decision and off he went. And I think that one of the biggest takeaways from this conversation is that long-term travel isn't as hard or as unattainable as a lot of people think it is. That by putting just a few things in motion, it can be possible for those who want to experience it. And when he mentioned that everyone can have this experience, he is absolutely right. It's just a decision and a plane ticket. And I've posted a couple. I've posted a couple of links on the show notes page on my website to his guest posts on the Traveling Helga blog that he mentioned, and you can find those and some other great one-liners to take away from this episode at traveler dot com slash six. And remember, that's the number six for episode six. And in wrapping up for today, there's just. One more thing I wanted to mention, and that is if you are interested in long term travel, even if it's not years at a time, you know, you can you can go for a month or two to start out and see how it goes or try six months somewhere. But I want to say that if you still have a lot of questions about the logistics of it, you may consider picking up my book, The Aspiring Traveler's Handbook, which you can get from my website at slash book. Because it will help you through each step of preparing for an international trip, from choosing where to go to getting a plane ticket to budgeting, packing, being safe abroad, and even what to do with your stuff at home and your cell phone and everything. It's loaded with practical information that's meant to help newer travelers get their traveling feet under them. So definitely check that out if it's something you're interested in. And again, that's the Aspiring Travelers Handbook. And you can find it at the slash book. And with that said, it's time for me to go catch another local baseball game here in Pescadero. My husband and I are missing baseball in the States. So this is our baseball fix for the next couple weeks till we go home for summer. So I'm off. Thanks again to Neil for your willingness to come on and share your thoughts with everyone. And I hope this has been helpful to those of you considering long term travel now or in the future And remember, a plane ticket and a contingency budget is all you need. The rest will work itself out. Happy daydreaming. See you later. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator